Is everybody in? Is everybody in? The show is about to begin. Hey, concert lovers, welcome to another episode of Concerts That Made Us. This one is a bit of a milestone for us. It's our 10th episode, and we've got a couple of special things going on for the occasion. As I'm sure you've probably noticed, we now have a theme song, so I'd love to hear some feedback on it. Get in touch on social media and let me know what you think about it. If you're not following us already, just search for Concerts That Made Us podcast and we'll pop up. But if you're already following us on social media, you've probably seen a very big announcement in the last couple of days. That's right. Concerts That Made Us is now part of the TKOK Podcast Network. And I'm very grateful for having such an opportunity. You see, my guest on this episode is Uncle Tickles, a.k.a. Tommy Pappas from the New Dad Pod. And in this episode, he mentions that he's setting up his own podcast network with Kate Flynn from Pot Moms Podcast. And since recording this episode, he very kindly invited me to join. And of course, I gratefully accepted. On the TKOK Network, you'll find some great podcasts. There's the New Dad Pod, Pop Moms Pod, of course, Concerts That Made Us Podcast, The Movie Club, and Eat God See Acid. So there's kind of something there for everyone. If you want to stay up to date on all the latest news and maybe get one or two sneak peeks, why not head over to Facebook and join the TKOK Podcast Network group? It's uh, definitely the place to be. Now, as I mentioned, my guest this week is Tommy Pappas, and I think you're going to love some of the stories he has to tell. It's definitely uh, my most entertaining and interesting interview so far. I'm pretty sure you'll agree by the end of the episode that uh, everybody will want to go to a concert with Tommy. So now, without further ado, let's get on with the show. Hi, Tommy. You're very welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Brian. I'm excited uh, Excited to talk about concerts today. No problem. We're excited to have you. So, uh... Would you like to tell the listeners a bit about your show before we get into it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, my name's Tommy. Uh, I go by Uncle Tickles. I'm the host right. of a podcast uh, that is known as New Dad. We talk about, uh, as, as surprising as it may be, being a dad and a parent. Started about a year ago, right before the pandemic. And uh, I was working in large events, like trade shows, conventions. Okay. Corona hit. Uh, you know, I was doing the podcast before the, the pandemic and yeah. lost my job as a result. Uh, was able to kind of pour a little bit of time and, and soul into New Dad. And as a result, we're actually, um, I'm not sure, Brian, if you had a chance to catch the, the last episode, but uh, we announced that we're starting a podcast network. I'm, yeah, I, I, I caught that. 
Yeah, so I'm doing that with uh, the host of Pot Moms podcast, Kate Flynn. Oh, okay. And, uh, and yeah, so the the network, depending on when this show airs, that that all should be uh, out. It's the TKOK podcast network, and we're going to be launching okay. two new podcasts. Uh, one is called TMC, the Movie Club podcast, and cool. the other is Eat God, See Acid, and it's going to be about uh, psychedelic experiences. <laughs> so a lot going on. Exciting. Yeah, yeah, a lot going on. It's a You're a very busy man. Yes, sir. And, uh, you know, as you might have been able to infer from uh, the new dad, I have two two sons, uh, as we were talking right before the show started, uh, two and a half and one years old. So, yeah, very much busy uh, and yeah. wouldn't have it any other way. <laughs> How do you actually get the time to fit so much in? We're having two kids. You know, it's... <laughs> It, this is starting to become more difficult, but I, I've always had a weird relationship with sleep, you know, yeah. that being, I don't, I don't sleep much at night. Uh, yeah. I'm kind of like that myself. Yeah. So I was able to do it at night, but uh, the weirdest, uh, you know, and I talk about this a little bit in the show, but one of the weirdest, you know, things I wasn't expecting about being a stay at home dad and through the pandemic, I thought, great, I have all this extra time to pour into the podcast. Right. I'm more tired now as a stay at home dad <laughs> than I was, you know, working a full-time job and coming yeah. back. So uh, I'm becoming less and less of a night owl. I'm also getting older, you know, so that's part of it too. Yeah, that kind of happens as you get older. <laughs> exactly. You don't have the same gusto. And yeah, no, there's a really good uh, a connection or parallel because uh, as you get older and you don't have that energy, it's harder to keep up with kids. And, and that goes with concerts. You go to concerts, you're, you're <laughs> you know, you may, uh, you get older, but, you know, not necessarily the crowd doesn't always age with you. So yeah. sometimes yeah. You, you feel like the old guy at the concert and, um, yeah, we're going to talk about, about a little bit about that today. Yeah, I'm, I've started to notice that at the last couple of concerts I was at before the pandemic hit. All right. I was uh, not the oldest, but I was definitely up there in the crowd, you know? Yeah, genre specific, you know, I'm sure if you're into electronic music, that's that's going to be probably, uh, you know, felt a little bit harder with that yeah. crowd being or skewing younger a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So um, we'll move on to the music. So um, yes. how would you define your musical tastes? Uh, eclectic a little bit. I'm sure that's what everyone likes to say. Everyone thinks yeah. they're eclectic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm I'm 39 years old, so I'm, I think I'm a very much a product of the time I grew up in. Gangster yeah. rap was just blowing up around the time I was a, I was a young kid. Uh, I gravitated towards that growing up very poor, even though I was white, I identified with a lot of the themes yeah, um, that yeah. I was hearing and coming from that music. Um, and then grunge music, you know, uh, Nirvana primarily for me, yeah. I, I know Stone Temple Pilots and Pearl Jam were blowing up as well. I never really got into them. Um, Soundgarden as well, but like Nirvana was it for me. So those were my Tupac, <laughs> Tupac and Nirvana were my two big influences as a small kid. And really, you know, like that's starting around fifth grade, you know, sixth grade. And, and those tastes didn't really change much until I got to college. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of an odd you get into indie music. Yeah. You start to get into indie music, experiment with a lot of different things in college, including music. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but um, would you like to tell us what the very first single you bought was, if you'd like to admit it? Yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm proud. To, well, and here's the thing. I, I wasn't even aware of singles, you know, that, that was right. something that's how ignorant of music I was as a kid when I went to, when I went to go buy my first piece of music, right. Uh, the okay. idea that you could buy just a single, I didn't know that. Uh, I was going there. Uh, it was 1992 and I was actually going to try to buy the uh, positive K's album for, I got a man. Right. That's, right. that's, that was the jam I was going for. 
my little local uh, record shop didn't have it. So, uh, you know, fifth year old, fifth grade me was just kind of looking for any song that I recognized. And one yeah. of the, the songs I recognized was nothing but a G thing. So uh, <laughs> lucky to me, the dude who worked there was cool enough to sell an explicit, uh, you know, parental yeah. advisory album to a fifth grade kid, had no problem selling it. I went home that night, uh, played it while I did my homework. And we got to the D's Nuts skit in that album, <laughs> which is, uh, if, if you're not familiar with it, uh, go check it out. But it's, it's basically, uh, you know, got a dad telling a joke and he's saying like, you know, my, my girl asked me, you know, daddy, if I had nuts on my chest, would those be chestnuts? And he said, yes. And it, it comes down to the thing where it's like, if I had nuts on my chin, would those be chin nuts? And he said, hell no, girl, you'd have a dick in your mouth. And that's when my mom <laughs> came and snatched the, the, the boom, my little boom box off. Oh. But that was probably like seven <laughs> tracks in. I don't know how many tracks in, but um, you know, bless her heart. She let me get away with quite a bit uh, in terms of that album before taking it away. Um, yeah. Yeah. That was yeah. my first piece of, can you imagine being a fifth grade kid, uh, you know, in a rural suburb and you're bringing home the chronic and that's your first ever piece of music. I don't know. That's <laughs> something I kind of wear with a badge of pride. It could have gone yeah. really, really horribly differently if I had gotten positive K, but you know, that's the way the cookie crumbles. Well, you were off to a good start anyway. For sure. For sure. I was, I felt, <laughs> at least I feel using my criteria. Yeah. That's absolutely off to a great start. Yeah. So uh, what would be your earliest musical memory? Uh, so, I mean, Probably my dad getting a CD player. I remember, I remember him kind of teaching me how to use a record player because I had messed up one of his records, being right. a small kid and trying to put it on. Yeah. Um, so I, I do remember that kind of lesson and having a small toy record player, depending on, again, aging myself a little bit. But, uh, you know, they used to have these like little Fisher-Price toys where you could have a little record, you put the needle on, they had like maybe yeah. one or two nursery. Yeah, so I had one of those. Those are the early memories. Um, the CD player, you know, the music, the bands I remember, Genesis, Blondie, Sade, Supertramp. Um, I mean, a little bit of Led Zeppelin and, uh, you know, they Pink Floyd and that sort of stuff. But, yeah. you know, by the time we were in the 80s, they, they were kind of uh, past that a little bit. Yeah, the kind of word or uh, the weren't kind of cool with the younger generation by then. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. No, I mean, it, but, my, you know, my parents playing music around me. Uh, I thought was very important. I grew up uh, always enjoying it. In the, and later in life, I think, is when that really kind of materialized and like a, a true obsession with live music. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and, and I give them a lot of credit for exposing me to a lot of different types of music. Oh, good, good. Well, it's important too uh, to be exposed to a lot of different types of music when you're young, you know, build a foundation for great taste. Absolutely. And, and I mean, I'm no scientist or doctor, but I have read some uh, some articles that have linked that to uh, increased brain function and yeah. uh, also ability to pick up second languages later in life. Yeah. Um, you know, that's that's the new dad in me, <laughs> just not some of the parenting uh, connections to this. But no, I mean, I music's one of those things. It's you know, I you can you can knock someone's opinion of it, but um, the, you know, if it, if someone's passionate about a music or an artist or a genre or playing music, um, to me, that's a turn on regard, even if it's Nickelback or whoever you want to insert as <laughs> yeah. your, you know, uh, yeah. you know, band we like to gang up on and say is horrible. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, this will bring us to your very first concert. My, so, so uh, you know, I, I got, I have some good concert stories and, Okay. Anyone who goes to a good amount of concerts will have, uh, I think, a fair share of these. It's just what happens when you put enough people in the fishbowl, right? And you shake it. Exactly. Um, 
So this one, though, I was 16 years old. And uh, for anyone listening outside of the Midwest uh, of the United States, the largest uh, music festival in the world actually is a music festival called Summerfest. And it's in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Right. Um, it's not that it's that big in terms of like a single day, millions of people go. It's big in terms of over the course, how many people actually attend. Because the thing lasts, I think, over a month. You know, it'll oh. start in June and it goes all the way through, you know, past the 4th of July for sure. And every day they have multiple bands. Most of the bands are free too. So, I mean, it's this fantastic steal. Um, yeah. And, you know, they'll have one headliner each each day that you pay a little bit extra, but all the other bands you're getting in for the price of admission, you know? So, That's you know, I mentioned crazy. I grew up, yeah, I grew up without a lot of money, um, kind of between Milwaukee and Chicago on the Illinois-Wisconsin border. So yeah. Milwaukee was just as far from us as Chicago was. Um, so as kids, we would go up and we would check out Summerfest. Um, my first concert was a Summerfest. It was Third Eye Blind, Eve Six. Uh, those were the bands that, were, that we were excited to play, but we also saw another band called Cold. Uh, we were, I, most of us weren't even 16 at the time this was happening. I was actually 15. Most of my, some of my other friends were 16. They drove up. And it became this thing where, you know, you took maybe two or three cars. Yeah. Uh, we get up there. We're 16 years old. We had a couple soda pops, uh, had a great time. And uh, I, I was going to take a ride home with some other friends. You know, I was having a great time. It's my first concert. I've liked music for a really long time, but I've never been to a concert. This is like full blown. I'm like, this is everything I thought it would be. This is the <laughs> most amazing thing ever. You know, yeah. 16 adults are giving us booze. Uh, you know, like older chicks are, are giving, are paying us attention. It was just like, <laughs> just craziness. I'm like, this is going to be the rest of our lives. Um, and, and, and I was the guy that probably was maybe, I, I was probably the only one there who's, it was their first concert. Right. So yeah. if you've ever gone to university and you had that friend who lived a very sheltered life and they get mm. there for that first semester and they just ruin themselves, right. They, <laughs> they just go, go way too hard. Yeah. They've never had freedom. They've never, they've never experienced anything like that was me at my first concert. <laughs> and so as friends are like, dude, we're going, we're going like, I'm, I'm going to stay. I'm going to stay. I'll, I'll catch a ride with this person. Yeah. Long story short. Uh, you know, I thought it was pretty clear who I was riding home with. It was right. very unclear to everyone else. <laughs> so the concert ends, I can't find any of my friends. Uh, oh shit! <laughs> took me probably 15 20 minutes too long to realize i should book it back to the car i know where we mm. parked that's that's where we should be i shouldn't be just trying to spot people um i get back to the car all the cars are gone uh, oh. i'm 15 years old i've already told you i'm 39 years old uh so self what i'm trying to get at cell phones weren't ubiquitous at this time yeah yeah i i didn't have one for sure uh mo no one in the car had one so what i ended up having to do is bite the bullet and i had to call you know, I had memorized one of my buddy's home numbers and I had to call him. My parents Crash. were, it was the 4th of July weekend. They weren't reachable. Um, so I had to call my friend's dad and say, hey, I got left in Milwaukee. Oh, so it was man. another hour and a half before they even got home and realized that I was still there, right? Uh, <laughs> in the meantime, I'm a 15-year-old kid in Milwaukee by myself. Uh, you know, my friend's dad is like, hey, give me a call back, call, collect, whatever you have to do. Just keep checking back so I know you're okay. Yeah. Sounds good. Uh, probably on the second check back, he's like, I, I've talked to the police in Milwaukee. They're going to send an officer down to pick you up so you're not just roaming around. Uh, okay. Stay put. You know, and when the officer gets there, I'll meet you at the police station. So, and, and I should backtrack. I'm doing all these phone calls from a Greyhound bus station because right. I thought, my thought was maybe I can catch a bus home. Right. You know, okay. There might be a chance I can get a bus, the last bus out of town. Um, there were no buses going till the next morning. And uh, my fatal mistake was at that point, I was naive enough to not realize that Greyhound bus stations, bus stations weren't located in the greatest parts of cities. 
Yeah, I'm from Ireland and I even kind of figured that kind out. Know that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so I was a 15-year-old kid, not even thinking that. So um, I'm at this Greyhound bus station. I'm starting to get looked at, uh, you know, a little bit like a, a like a turkey drumstick, right? It's like <laughs> a, a very tasty Fresh meat. morsel that can just be plucked and eaten. Yes, very much so. Uh, so when I see a, a police officer coming, uh, driving down the street, I'm and this after I've spoken with my friend's dad, I'm uh, pretty confident this is my ride. Yeah. Kind of jump out in the street, flag him down, maybe a little too eager. And, uh, <laughs> right. and this uh, young woman cop, this young Caucasian woman cop gets out. And uh, immediately I felt like there was something a little off by the line of questioning, you know, and I'm, I'm okay. a young kid. I'm in this part of the city. I stopped her, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. And, uh, and as, uh, as time progresses, she proceeds to arrest me for being out past curfew, even oh, though geez. I've explained to her that I'm, I'm, I've been lost, that yeah. my friend is, has called the police and they send someone there. So I, they, this woman takes me, puts me in a cell. I'm in a holding cell. Uh, it takes, because of that, it takes so much longer for my friend's dad to, to actually have the Milwaukee police locate me. He's yeah. sitting in a police station. It's probably like, I don't know, six in the morning by the time it all gets straightened out. And, uh, <laughs> and I get reunited with my friend's dad and he drives me home. Um, and, you know, to my dad, to my friend's dad's credit, I, I mean, he's a scary man. This dude is a scary guy. He's got a flat top. Looks like he'll rip your head off. Right. So the fact that I had to call this guy, he's the one that's picking me up. Uh, there was a lot of anxiety, but, you know, in the end, he was able, even able to laugh about it. It was a really... Uh, it was a pretty great, great first concert experience. Yeah. Uh, the cops, the cops there, even at the end when they heard about it, uh, they started feeling bad for me. They left my cell open. They brought me a couple extra mattresses. They brought me some extra cokes and some food. So, yeah. uh, shout out to the Milwaukee Police Department for at least you know they once they realized their mistake, they they treated me pretty well. So I mean, but what a I mean that's your first concert. I think some people would be like, that's it, fucking I'm done. I swear <laughs> off concerts. Yeah. But no, for me it was that was. Uh, that was like my gateway drug. I was, I was sold. I wanted it. <laughs> it I wanted it For sure. hundred <laughs> percent. Jeez. I've heard some bad concert stories now, but I've never heard one that went that way. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Just I mean, my first one and I'm just, and, and the thing is like, if this happened today, you know, everyone has cell phones. You'd be able to ask any passerby, Hey, can I call, you know, yeah. you'd probably catch a friend before they even left. It wouldn't even be an issue, but this is just that weird in between time when technology wasn't quite there. Some people had it. Some people didn't. Yeah. And this is yeah. what happened. You know, this is like, people don't realize <laughs> when our kids ask us like, well, what was it like without cell phones or the internet? Like, well, this is people got left at concerts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you slept in a Greyhound station and your best friend's dad had to come pick you up. Oh man. And uh, how were your parents when they found out or did they find out? Or? They didn't, you know why they found out? Uh, so funny. They found out uh, only because the city of Milwaukee sent back the $50 they charged me for the uh, curfew ticket. Right. <laughs> so when, when, when it came back, my parents were like, what the fuck is this from the city of Milwaukee? And they saw it was a, a refund for a curfew ticket. So I had to come clean at that point. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I had to come clean. That's somewhere to be found out. Exactly. Exactly. I know it's like 50 and you know what? My parents kept the 50 bucks. So they're like, that was the punishment. All right. <laughs> Yoink. $50 I was just about to say you could have just given the 50 and left that yeah. at it. That's how it happened. That's, <laughs> that's how we squared it up. So uh, which song would you like to dedicate to the memory of your first concert? So I'm going to, you know, I, I picked graduate uh, from, from third eye blind. This is a tough one. And, because of this story, I still have a text thread with my three best friends from high school. Right. Third Eye Blind is still very much prevalent. We still joke around about, I mean, I don't even know if it's a joke at this point. We really do still have a soft spot in our heart for, <laughs> so, uh, for Third Eye Blind. So I picked, you know, 
so many so many good songs from the band but uh graduate because this was the song that helped me graduate to a love of concerts and it was my first yeah. one my gateway drug so uh graduate here we go great song choice by the way thank you brian i uh it's a good energy jam it's one of those it's a it's kind of a pick me up I, when it comes in the car it's hard for me not to just flip it up turn put the windows on even if it's cold you know yeah. uh yeah it, it's a great feel good jam yeah it really is it really is and also from the movie can't hardly wait i believe which is uh, an underrated uh rom-com teen comedy i actually haven't seen that one i don't think really yeah uh d- depending if, if you're around my age you should probably check it out it was uh it, i think it came out in 2000 it just it probably has a close spot in my heart just because i graduated i think the year it came out it was about yeah. high school seniors so i was like oh this is my life and just realizing <laughs> how corny and you know generic yeah. it was after the after the fact but you know in the moment you can't see past that you know, i'll have to i'll have to check it out so yeah but uh so your last concert then oh so i mean and again this is a uh, i've feel extremely privileged to have to have this been my last concert but uh i went and saw um the lead singer of hop along her name's francis uh crap i'm, I'm blanking on her last name but the lead singer from hop along was the headliner um the surprising and most beautiful part about it was that the opener for that show was a band called indigo de Suiza. um nice. and they became my favorite band um uh, you know, right now that I'm listening to in, in 2020, you know how Spotify will do those wrap ups. Yeah, I was in the yeah. top 0.05 percent of Indigo De Suiza fans. <laughs> um, I would I'm going to go on a limb here and say that no one played their uh, the album uh, "I Love You, Mom." It, I I'm not even going to go on a limb. I would almost put my life on the fact that no one listened to that album more last year than I did. Um, <laughs> fantastic! It's a I'm a sucker for female fronted bands. I should also probably throw that out there. Right. Um, and you know, I, I think the from my recollection of the band, and I wish I knew it was my last concert I was going to see because now with the pandemic, everything's shut down here. I don't know if you guys have live music yet, but no, we um, we you know, don't, we don't, unfortunately, no, we don't either. They're getting the like we're starting to hear whispers about it. So, um, you know, it's just one of those things. Like I would have, I showed up late into the into Indigo to Space a set, so I didn't even yeah. hear the whole thing. But um, you know, it's this is kind of a maybe a little bit of a trend in a lot of my concerts when I. When I hear something I like, and maybe everyone's like this, you and it just you don't need to hear an album a couple times. You know, some albums, yeah, you know, they're slow burns. But you know, those those artists you end up just really fucking digging into. It, it's almost like love at first sight to a certain degree. You know, at first at first hear or at first sound. Yeah, um, yeah, I get you. Because it was just one of those things. I walked in. I wasn't even. You know, I knew I was excited to see the opener, or not the. I was excited to see the the headliner. Didn't really care about the opener. Um, going to get a drink and just stopped in my tracks and turned around and was like who the fuck are these guys <laughs> um you know and it was just like that much i just i mean it was within a couple notes like just three or four notes i was like oh yeah yep, i'm gonna love this i'm gonna be i'm gonna be fucking obsessed with this it's very rare but it's great when it happens exactly very rare you can spend weeks months you know just going through just burning through albums and not find something like that yeah. right yeah um, exactly but they, it was just one of those things you walked in and i just fucking knew and i was like holy shit and almost you know like probably to my my wife probably hated it because it was i mean the album was on non-stop for <laughs> a year like i fucking played it almost it was just one of those things i couldn't get enough of it yeah. um you know and i had a really hard time picking a song from that album that i love you mom because or you know i I would talk, I would write down the song and I'm like, nope, I got to take this. Well, hold on. No, 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 no. It's not that one. That one's, you know, 
this is the one. And then no, right. yeah, no. So him and Han and uh, finally, I finally settled on home team by Indigo Desueza. Um, and I'm probably saying that last word wrong. I'm sorry if the, you know, to the band and to the fans, if I'm right. mispronouncing it. Um, but yeah, it was uh, home team. This is the one I ended up on. And uh, it's a, it's a wonderfully just, uh, you know, example of a female led indie rock group that uh, to me just hits hits all the all the checks on the checklist uh, what i'm looking for perfect we'll take a listen so perfect hope you guys all enjoy this one that was a great song choice again i appreciate that i appreciate that and again like i i really hope the the listeners are enjoying these um i know it's probably not the best playlist as far as a uh, congruity you know of the songs yeah. but yeah uh you know i'm hoping that you guys are feeling where i'm coming from no, I like that now. I've never actually heard of that band, but after this, I'll definitely be looking up more of their stuff. Yeah, def- that I, that album, I Love You, Mom, I think from beginning to end. And, you know, you talk about, you know, how rare it is to walk into somewhere and just, fall, you know, know within notes that this is going to be a band you like. Yeah. How rare it is these days to turn on an album. And, you know, there's not a, there's no filler tracks, right? Literally yeah, exactly. from one to the next, to the next, to the next. You're just like, I really enjoy all these songs. There might be one slow burn on there, but um, for the most part, I mean, and again, music's subjective. Someone's going to listen to it and, True. And, and tweet at me and be like, this fucking sucks. Thanks a lot, <laughs> Uncle Tickles, you piece of shit. I just wasted 40 minutes of my day. But, uh, but I, you know, for the people who do enjoy it, I, I, you know, I, I hope there's one or two of you. I'm sure there will be. I'm sure there will be. Have to ask, since you mentioned it again, how did you come up with the name Uncle Tickles? If you don't Uncle mind Tickles, me asking. You know what, that's, no, I don't mind. Uh, something we haven't even covered in the show either. Um, it, it, I have a, it's a weird thing. So, for a long time, you know, I, we didn't have our first kid. As I said, he's two and a half. So I was like 37 when, when we started having kids. So a little bit later nice. in life, um, had a lot of friends who had kids. Yeah. And it was always kind of a surprise to them, I think, that I was always, it was such a natural thing and that kids uh, just took to me so well. Nice. Um, and so it became this thing where, you know, uh, you know, call me Uncle Tommy. It was just, it, it was fine, but it was a little bit boring. I've wanted something. So we were like <laughs> testing out nicknames and, uh, and I, I said it genuinely, not like thinking of the creepy tone of Uncle Tickles. Yeah, you know, from the standpoint, I'm like, oh, I, the kids are laughing. I'm like, I'm, I'm fucking making them laugh. What makes kids laugh? Tickles. I'll be Uncle Tickles, and then everyone just laughed uh, at how naive that that actually came out because I was so <laughs> genuine and sincere when it when yeah. it came out. Like, oh wait, no, like I actually like it more since it has that creepy, like you know, kind yeah. of like aftertaste to it. It's like, yeah, oh, Uncle Tickles, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so that that actually drew me to it more. I think most people would have been, okay, yeah, maybe I'll be repelled from that name because of that. But no, that's that's what sold it to me, and uh, it, you know, it was just a joke that stuck. You know, people heard it and they kind of, yeah, they loved it, and they're like, well, <laughs> yeah, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna fucking use this, dude. I'm like, all right. You know, I think it was like a threat, but I'm like, ah, no, no, no. I don't, I don't think you guys understand. I'm welcoming this. I like it <laughs> it might have cost me some viewers, too. I did hear back from a couple of people that they liked the show, but hated the name Uncle Tickles. So really? Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh. It's, you know, it's uh, it, I, I can understand that, though. It's not it, it's kind of a polarizing name. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like it, even with the creepy. Yeah. Creepy well, I'm glad. Undertones. Thanks, I appreciate that. <laughs> but um, Exa- well, you know, sometimes life's a little creepy. Exactly, exactly. You have to take the good with the creepy. That's right. That's right. That's right. Embrace that creepiness, people. Yep, yep. It, um, it sometimes leads to the best experiences, I find. No doubt. 
absolutely a hundred percent a hundred percent we're gonna get to uh when we get to my my favorite concert i think we'll we'll embrace that that theme very much so okay i'm looking forward to that yeah for sure but, um first i don't want to be bringing back any bad memories now but we need to talk about your worst concert i'm afraid okay so you know this is a you know this was almost as hard as the question what's your what was the best concert um yeah and, and i th- i really hope that the listeners can um relate to this idea right because uh the best concert and worst concert there's so many different like subcategories or versions of that right so yeah you know the best the best as far as the best time i ever had uh or the worst as far as this was the worst time i ever had the okay. best isn't it was the best sounding this was the best band the music wise yeah. um you know as far as there's also this aspect of like maybe and and this goes a long way for me and i think this is kind of a douchey quality to be totally honest but um uh, you know i like being able to see someone, you know, really early on in their career, you know, identify yeah. someone, be like, oh, okay, I think I really love this person, and then see that person become big, you know, yeah, see them grow as an artist, yep, and be able to say, I saw them in this tiny fucking venue, right? Yeah, um, and so there's, you know, there, I have an experience like that, you know, where, so I, you know, for, for worse, uh, I'm gonna say, you know, I'm, I'm getting a little off topic. For worse, you know, one of the concerts I picked was a, a band called Switchfoot. And, okay. and it's not really that Switchfoot sucks that bad or was, the concert was horrible. What happened was we, we were there to see Group Love. And okay. uh, the lead singer of Group Love uh, actually had a vocal injury. Um, and she, because she couldn't really sing, she ended up switching spots. They kind of, you know, had uh, played with the, 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 uh, or the lineup a little bit is what I'm trying to say. So they play with the lineup and Group Love opens, plays like a 15-minute tw- set. And then uh, Switchfoot comes on and plays a full-on, you know, like hour and 45-minute yeah. set. Um, I'm not a Switchfoot fan. I didn't even, you know, like we we came late. We came pretty late to the show because right. we didn't care for Switchfoot. Um, oh, man. And so then we get there. We completely miss group love. And we have to sit through a Switchfoot, uh, like an hour and a half Switchfoot set. Oh. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, it's, again, this, the sound was fine. And Switchfoot's, even push comes to shove, I've, I actually was thinking about this right before we came on. I'm like, I can't believe I'm going to say the Switchfoot show was worse. I've seen Three Doors Down like five times. Not not by any choice of my own, but just because right. of random friends I've been with or just quint, like circumstance, right? Um, all those shows musically, harmonically were worse than this the show. But <laughs> the disappointment of going to see someone you really want to see, like yeah. those three door, these Three Doors Down shows, I knew I was going to see Three Doors Down, right? I was mentally prepared. Yeah, I'm not, yeah. I'm going to get fucking blackout drunk and I'm not going to hear a <laughs> note of music. Uh, you know, with, with Group Love, I was like, I'm really pumped to see one of my favorite bands. And instead I get a Christian rock band. Um, and it was brutal. It was like the the level of disappointment was so palpable, not just by me. And, you know, like, this is when I think, again, a lot of people can probably relate to this. Um, you know, it's one thing to be disappointed for yourself, but when you have friends and, or, you know, yeah. in my case, it was my wife and another friend who, you know, as we were going all together, there was, I could like their level of disappointment was worse than how disappointed I was. Yeah, and I knew. I, I was like, okay, I can fucking deal with a switchfoot concert, but I knew they were like, <laughs> I would rather have a pee hole, like a, a straw shoved up my pee hole, than yeah. have to listen to this. Oh, I so it was, you know, I, yeah, I felt bad. Um, so that was one of them. Um, 
And then, uh, you know, I, I chilled. I, I do have another one. I don't know. Do you want to play the song before we go to the other horrible yeah. experience? We'll, uh, okay. we'll take a listen to your song. So which one is it? Uh, you know, I don't even, it's their big single. Um, maybe how to save a lie. No, that's a fray. Um, oh, meant to live. Right. Switchfoot meant to live. Perfect. We'll take a listen. So that's right. Okay. I'm not, uh, the biggest fan of Switchfoot either, but it's, uh, you could listen to it. (laughs) It's top forties, right? It's just generic, uh, you know, top forties rock. Reminds me of like Goo Goo Dolls, although I'd prefer Goo Goo Dolls over Switchfoot any day. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree. <laughs> so, um, you know, we talk about different types of, you know, disappointments or how a show can be worse. Uh, you know, there's another, I, I did want to talk about this other story because it was just a very helpless, it, it was a horrible moment. It was a horrible concert going moment. Um, okay. When we go to, uh, we're here in Chicago, Lollapalooza is based out of Chicago. Right. Um, for people that don't know, it's a three-day festival, right? A lot of big-name bands. It's like uh, a Bonnaroo or a Coachella or a Glastonbury or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And and, uh, and so it's really big. Lots of people. Hard to find. Hard hard to find each other. What started happening was you started to see, and I'm sure maybe you guys are have seen this too. Uh, these collapsible tent poles. Yeah. And people put flags or something of note on them, right? So you can actually spot your friends and you can find them in a big crowd. It's a good idea. So, uh, you know, and I'm not, by far, I'm not taking credit for this idea. Uh, we, we saw it, we copied it, right? Um, but we started to get really good at making our own, like, elaborate, um, you know, just, you know, one year it was this... Uh, it was Amanda Bynes, but she was painted as a like a, one of those patron saint candles. And it right. said, get Richard Bynes trying. It actually had lights that flashed, you know, that would so in the dark, yeah. you could see it flashing. Um, <laughs> on the other side, it was a picture of DMX and it was DMX to see, right? So we got in, we wear these outlandish outfits, right? So we could, again, more so for, it's it's fun, but it was also for identifiability. We can see our friends. It was always easy to find yeah. each other. Yeah. So one year we created, it was Eminem was playing and, uh, we hadn't even considered the connection between uh, Eminem fans and Juggalo fans and having uh, uh, this uh, bad blood, right. but I guess it was there. And so our, our we called them Lala Lighthouses, our Lollapalooza Lighthouses. Uh, and this, <laughs> this year, uh, we were going through a big Juggalo phase. So we had the Insane Clown Posse and it said, don't okay. touch the clowns, let the clowns touch you again. We had worked <laughs> in these, elect- these lights and it was like, boom, boom, boom. Yeah. It was like, it was pretty... Again, really proud. We put a lot of work into it. Not only do we put a lot of work into it, but uh, I had to take like a special Uber to get it from my house to the festival because it was so <laughs> fucking big. So it cost me a lot of money just to get it to the concert. Yeah. So uh, we have it. It's it's a huge hit, right? Everybody, uh, everybody's loving it. We get to Eminem. It's the end of the night. He's the headliner. Um, things are going great. I'm with my wife and a bunch of her girlfriends. A bunch of my buddies uh, go to get beer and. I don't know if they were waiting for the dudes to leave, but I, we get surrounded, like no joke, surrounded by, uh, you know, what I can only describe as the mutants at table nine. These guys <laughs> fucking look like, I, I mean, hooligans that were dragged from a sewer and, oh, uh, and exposed to radiation. And, uh, <laughs> and they, you know, and they're going through like, they, they, they think we're hardcore juggalos. And, uh, right. if, you know, for anyone that's seen my wife, she you know, like she's the furthest thing from a juggalo. I love juggalos actually, for the most part, but we just don't look the part, right? If you just paid attention, gotcha. right? 
he sees like okay these guys aren't really jugglers they just have a picture of a jug of uh the insane clown posse on their on their sign but yeah. they weren't like it was not going anywhere right and these guys were determined like they'd pull one of them pull, pulls a knife and uh and and it came down to the fact that they wanted to take the sign and destroy it right um, the problem with that is i was happy to give them the strine the, the sign and let them destroy it like, yeah. I was not about to get stabbed over this fucking sign right yeah um the problem was my wife and her friends were real lubed up and they were not <laughs> about to let the sign go. They were also not about to be much help in a knife fight. Yeah. So uh, it was not really like the situation was getting really bad, really fast. Um, it ended with, uh, and this is kind of fucking crazy too. Like, think about this. So what happens is like, they take the sign, right? And I'm like, okay, whatever. We defuse the situation. The guys come back. They kind of yeah. see like, okay, now it's not just going to be us destroying one dude and a bunch of chicks. <laughs> um, one of the dudes had lighter fluid. Like they take the oh sign off and I, he takes a fucking thing of lighter fluid and fucking <laughs> they lit the sign on fire. Um, Who brings lighter fluid to a concert? Well, that's what I'm thinking. I'm like, <laughs> I fucking could have been. I mean, like, cause that's one thing. Like you get doused with lighter fluid and lit on fire, man. Like, yeah, I mean, I mean, stop, drop and roll is fine. But, you know, like, uh, I don't know, like how if it really works when you're dousing lighter fluid. So. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, and I love Eminem. So this was a I think this is a, an example of. I love him and I love all of his music, especially his, yeah. his earlier stuff. Um, but this concert sucked. Like I was, I walked away and you know, in, in situations like that, you kind of, you end up second guessing yourself, even though in the, at the end of the day, I know I did the right thing by giving up that, that thing. There's a, there's yeah. a huge part of you. Your pride gets at you. It gnaws at you, right? It's like Pulp Fiction. You know, <laughs> what is the line? Yeah. It's a um, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> Something yeah, like exactly. that. Um, and so it just, you know, you're like, God, I can't believe I just gave it up like a bitch. Um, <laughs> it, it ruined my night. It ruined my night. You know, it did ruin my night. And that was a, it was a shitty concert because now that that story does get told often, and every time we, we we like it gets retold, I have to relive that that tiny bit of shame, even though I know I did the right thing. Yeah, right? you know, sounds like one of them times where for about a month or two you were just reliving it in your head, going, "What if I had done this, or I should have done this, or as a if it was an action percent. movie." <laughs> a thousand percent, a thousand, and, and I'm an overthinker in general in life, so so that was something that it did eat at me. It did, it did, yeah. um, and and just as like. <laughs> This really sucks because uh, an added uh, kind of bummer about that story. So we were out at La La Lighthouse. We brought the Amanda Bynes one out of uh, out of retirement the next day. <laughs> and uh, turns out, and it's probably these fucking mutants that did this. Uh, the the park took it away and uh, because some guy was like stabbed with one of these like sticks. <laughs> right. So I'm like, God, I wonder if it was our sign that was used to stab after yeah. they burned it. But, uh, <laughs> so yeah, so that got taken away too. So it was like a double slap in the face. Um, yeah. a real bummer. But, um, you know, and I, I, and I, there's another story. I mean, I'm not going to go there, but uh, another, and that trumped another story where I had a gun pulled in my face too after. No concert. way. So, um, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. By people, by the dudes that I, I was hanging out with the entire night. Um, uh, and was like giving Gatorades too because I thought we were at a street festival. The New Deal was playing, and yeah. we, like I, I was real fucked up. They were real fucked up. I was giving them Gatorades. I they saw the, the my drugs in my bag because I was opening my bag. I was yeah. we were smoking weed together. Um, I needed to borrow one of their phones afterwards, and they kind of spun it on like, well, hey, you know, so you don't steal our phone. Why don't you let us hold your bag? You know, we don't want you to All run right. off with my buddy's phone. So I was like fair enough. I'm not going to steal this dude's phone. Not yeah. a problem. And then once I handed them the phone or my bag and turned around to make the phone call, uh, by the time I turned around, they had a gun out and Jeez. asked for my, asked for my flip flops and, uh, the phone back and then see you later. <laughs> oh, but man. yeah, 
but that was I, I still think I still consider the 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 lot of lighthouse being destroyed and lit on fire in my face as a, as a worse concert experience than the New Deal. Yeah, I think it hurts you more. It does for some reason. I don't know why. I don't know. It's just like rubbing <laughs> a little salt in the wound. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, which song have you picked for? So that one. Yeah. So for Eminem, I, I did. If I had, it's off of uh, his first album. I I love Eminem, as I said. Um, I like his earlier stuff because I think it's more storytelling than yeah. his later stuff is more impressive if, from like, I, I guess what, I think if you listen to his later stuff, Eminem discovered this almost like algorithm, this, this lyrical mathematical algorithm for rhyming. And now yeah. it's just a game for himself. He's seeing how complex he can make it, which is cool. And it's like, it, it's really impressive. You know, if, yeah. if you've ever tried to rap or if you listen to rap, right. Cause what he's doing lyrically is just unprecedented to a certain degree. Um, but I'm, I, I like his earlier stuff just because I'm more of a fan of good storytelling. So I yeah. think if I had, um, it's one of my favorite Eminem songs. Oh, cool. We'll, we'll take a listen. So so uh, that was a, a great song by Eminem. One of my favorites. I actually, I haven't heard it before. I, I like no? Eminem, but I wouldn't be crazy into him. You know, I'd be more so the commercial stuff I would have heard. Mm-hmm. But I think I may have like Curtain Call, the album. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. probably it. No, that that first uh, that that first um, album of his. I mean, his first two three albums are are good. Um, I, but I think that's like probably you start talking about one. Uh, I've mentioned themes, you know, in my own musical taste and my own uh, musical experience life. Um, one of the themes, like looking at all genres of music, is this idea that. Uh, an artist's earlier stuff is always better, right? Because the, the struggling artist has so much more to draw on than the guy. Yeah. You know, what do you, what kind of art do you create when you have everything, when you have the adoration, you have all the money? It's, yeah, um, exactly. It's t- that you have to be a really fucking good, good artist or a weird person to still create <laughs> interesting shit after you get all that stuff, right? True, true. You know, no one wants to hear about your butler not bringing you your drink on time or something, you know? Precisely. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, I mean, you know, and again, that's true in hip hop. That's true in rock, probably even jazz, you know, classical music. You can probably make cases all the way through, you know, um, pain, struggle, that shit. That makes some of the best art in the world. Oh, it really does. It really does. For sure. So um, they were two really great uh, worst concert stories. We'll uh, we'll get on to your best concert. So, yeah. And, you know, I said I mentioned, you know, there's different ideas of what best is um so i'm you know i'm gonna i'm gonna start with i think the my favorite my favorite concert experience story this is the what i consider my favorite okay. um, and uh and it was i actually have brought up a prop um and i'm gonna take this as an opportunity to there you go can you see that all right oh that is so cool yeah Vegas 2007 and I'm going to use this opportunity to tell young music listeners um, <laughs> I know I know that uh, when I was a young music listener one thing I wasn't doing was buying these uh, posters of the shows I was going to as I was right. going to them in large part because I couldn't afford it I was barely uh, able to afford to go to the concert and have enough to drink and if and if it was a poster or drinking if those were you know the two options I was going <laughs> to drink you know of um, course buy the fucking posters people 
borrow a couple borrow an extra $25 because what I'm doing, what I'm finding now is I'm going back that poster cost me like over $300. That wasn't even to frame it. Right. That was just to get it after the fact. Um, (laughs) The framing is a whole different beast. Uh, That would be the second piece of advice, you know, become a custom framer if you're going to collect posters Yeah, (laughs) Uh, because that it's not cheap. And uh, if you're doing it, you can make a a ton of money doing it. So the year's 2007 and, uh, and to take a small step back, 2007 Lollapalooza, a band called Muse, who you might be familiar with. They're yep. from your neck of the woods. Yeah, we are. Yep. They were uh, one of the headliners, and I wasn't familiar with Muse at all. Um, and I, so I went with some friends and was on a, a hit of acid at that show, and it fucking blew my mind. It was like vampire <laughs> rock. My friends were kissing, and I swore to God that they had elevated above the crowd at one point, like vampires, and were just like spinning oh, in the man. air. Um, it was just, I was, I mean, we talk about these moments where you hear a band you're like okay yes sign me up (laughs) Uh, no joke i went home that night and like still a little bit on on that ass and i was just like when is muse playing again when is this band (laughs) playing again i want to see them yeah um and i they were just at the end of their u.s tour like they weren't playing any other cities they're actually this was like in august and they were going back over overseas uh Actually, they're maybe going to Australia. Either way, they were going, yeah. they're leaving the country, right? And so I was like, fuck. But the one saving grace was in October, at the end of October, over Thanksgiving, or Thanksgiving, over Halloween, they were coming back and they were playing this music festival in Vegas. Oh, cool. Um, right. So I bought tickets. I just bought tickets to the show. I bought like a, a festival ticket, I yeah. bought airline tickets. And I, I just figured, like, I'll talk other people into going. Later. Like, <laughs> I'll figure, like, all that. Ever, and you know what? I, I was like, I didn't even buy the airline tickets to Vegas. I was like, I'm going to go to L.A. Because in my mind, I'd never done that drive from L.A. to Vegas. Again, right. not sure if, if there are a lot of listeners from outside of the U.S. But if uh, for people that live in the U.S., that's kind of an iconic thing to do is to drive from Los, or Los Angeles to Las Vegas. Okay. It's just okay. you see it in a lot of movies. It's just a, this thing. So. I was like dead set. I'm like, fuck it. I'm going to go to Los Angeles. I'm going to drive to Las Vegas and I'm going to go to this concert. I'm going to talk people into it. And so right. I, I did. I talked this ragtag people of people. <laughs> like I didn't even know these people that well, uh, but I talked <laughs> them into going to this concert with me. Right. And uh, nice. in fact, uh, three of the people, three of the four people that went, I didn't, I hadn't even met before. I just, I knew them online through friends of friends. <laughs> right, um, right. And I just was like, okay, you live in LA. Yeah, you should go. I'm going to fly into LA. I'm going to drive to Vegas. We should do this. Okay. Yeah. And I, Rage Against the Machines playing, uh, Daft Punk's playing, uh, Queens of the Stone Age, Iggy Pop. Uh, oh, man, that Wu-Tang sounds amazing. Clan. I'm, try- I'm trying to think who else is out here. Humphreys McGee, Michael Franti, Spearhatch, Muse, as I said earlier, The Shins, uh, Robert Randolph and the Family Band, Macedon, uh, Atmosphere. I mean, I'm just going through. These aren't even Gogo Bordello, Battles, Feral Mont, Ghostland Observatory, all bands I like. So it was like, it was... I thought I was actually going to get way more people, but anyway, so <laughs> I get, I fly into LA, meet this couple for the very first time. Uh, okay. They end up being now lifelong friends. We've traveled to Greece together uh, with my wife and um, he's been on the podcast. The husband's been on the podcast. Uh, we, I stay with them, meet another one of their friends who I'd never met and one of my buddy's girlfriends who I actually went to college with. And the four of us drive out to LA and we, uh, we do the drive. It's like <laughs> as epic as you would think. Yeah. Uh, our drive starts off with in LA traffic, looking over, you know, we're, we're getting onto a, a, an on-ramp 
and there's a woman who's a i'm no joke swear hand to god asleep she's asleep in her car and her car's drifting across lanes of traffic oh, she hits a wall you see her wake up and then just take it off the exit and <laughs> and we were like i mean it was just one of these things where like, did we just see that yeah um that's how the trip starts the whole thing is just fucking clown shoes the whole trip um it would be really hard to concisely tell it in uh without i mean we could do a whole episode on just literally this story um <laughs> But so we, the first day of the show, we're, you know, we're, we're getting ready. We go to, uh, we're in Las Vegas. We go to one of these buffets, these like famous Vegas buffets where yeah. the booze is like free, right? You like, they give okay. away the booze. So <laughs> you're just good. like, so we, we were playing a game where we wouldn't, we'd leave like the littlest bit in our glass and we wouldn't let them take the glass. We just wanted to see how many <laughs> tables we could fill with glasses um, for pictures. And just as, I don't know why we thought it was funny. Having worked in the service industry, it sounds like a really dickhead thing. Uh, you know, someone's going to have to now have like, they have like 80 glasses. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it backfired because we got cut off because someone was like, yo, have they drank all those drinks <laughs> that table? Like, yeah, they're like, cut them off. So we get to, we actually get to the, where the concert's being held. It's a little bit outside of Las Vegas. Um, and it's over Halloween, like I said. So we're all in costume, right? I'm, I'm dressed as a priest. My friend's dressed as a, or, you know, one of the guys is a gladiator. Uh, my friend from college uh she's dressed as a like a slutty pirate and uh and i can't remember what the other two were dressed as but um at that point i'm starting to notice that the the gentleman that i stayed with the people who are from la uh he's really fucking drunk like he's really really drunk okay Um, i'm like i don't know if he's looking too good and we're there's a lot of like attention on him as we get out of the cab and we're getting into the the concert and uh and we get into the concert and i realize that i don't have my asset it's not oh, like I, I go to look and I and the security was nice enough because they saw us like they saw that our guy our friend was intoxicated and they actually still let us all in but they let right. me go back out um and I it, like two little I mean for anyone who's done it there's like little squares of paper right it's yeah two little squares right in a giant parking lot that you know oh, I mean, man. And, I, and I found them like so <laughs> miraculous that I find them by the time I found them and get back which didn't take me really that long our buddy you know is now past he's like in the crucifix formation on the ground and he's just like puking out of the side of his mouth oh man um and this is before they like not not a single band has even played a lick of music right, <laughs> right. so his wife is like well i've never really seen him like this so i'm gonna take him home okay so they go home <laughs> the, the, the couple goes home he doesn't hear a lick of music he's so hung over the next day they don't go to the festival they actually drove all the way to vegas and didn't even go to one day of the oh festival. jesus <laughs> he also when he wakes up after this experience after being so fucked up he was so drunk that he had hallucinated that we were on a jurassic to, he woke up like irate like actually furious ready to fight me because in in his, he had hallucinated that we were on this jurassic to park roller coaster <laughs> and i had found a ride to get off the roller coaster he wasn't even on acid people he was just drinking champagne uh, <laughs> it, yeah no he wasn't even on drugs he wasn't right. on drugs. Uh, i should make that I should make that point clear. He hallucinated that I had gotten off the roller coaster, was riding the mechanical dinosaurs, and I wouldn't tell him how to get on the mechanical dinosaur. So he was all <laughs> mad about this, not realizing what you know what had actually happened. So, yeah. um, so that <laughs> this is just the start of that day. Um, it's so outrageous. I I end up taking the two hits of acid, and uh, and we're just kind of going. We're walking around. We're checking out all the bands, and um, you know it's a big festival. I'm on acid. The other two people aren't, and throughout that course we got separated and okay. that's you know and so i'm trying to find them it's really fucking hot out i'm in this really long priest garment outfit 
and I see, uh, to me, it was like the, my recollection of it, obviously, it, which is a little bit biased, but it's almost like a, a shining light, like, a, like almost like an act of God. I'm like, I see right. this chapel and it looks, I see these big air conditioning fan type things. And um, I see places to sit. So I'm like, I'm gonna go hang out here. I'm gonna go right, fucking sit right. down and chill. And so that's what I do. And I sit there and uh, it was fucking awesome, dude. They had, uh, I know that I was at this really awesome music festival where they have real music musicians playing everywhere. Yeah. But they had all these impersonators. So like Willie Nelson, Michael Jackson, <laughs> uh, Ozzy Osbourne, and people are having these like art and these guys are fucking killing it. Like right before the wedding, you know, they're singing a song as these couples are getting on. Yeah. The priest that they had was so over the top and I, you know, like just awesome uh, funny dude I was just like into it I was sitting there and I'm I'm tripping my balls off and I'm fucking like you know people are in love they're getting they're excited they're getting married I was fucking in dude I was like I probably sat there for like two and a half hours forgot that I was like supposed to be finding my friends just yeah enjoying this moment I was just really into it um yeah so into it in fact that uh at some point they were like yo we have to cut this off so you know and the, the, the priest is explaining like don't worry like if you're if you were next to get married, you're going to be first tomorrow. Right. Yada, yada, yada. We're going to get through everyone. This is going to be fine, blah, blah, blah. And people are like, oh, you know, you can hear people mumbling in the pews and they're all, and, you know, they, they start playing a Willie Nelson song. It's like, dun, 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 dun. the Willie Nelson guy's up there. Yeah. He's rocking. And I'm just like, by myself, I'm like, no, <laughs> fucking no, this is not ending. There's no way this is going to end. Like, I can't do this. And not even thinking about the fact that I'm wearing a priest outfit. Like, that wasn't even on my mind. I just walk up on, like, I was just by myself. I just walk up there and maybe because I was wearing the priest outfit, like security didn't do shit. And I, <laughs> the microphone was still hot. Right. And, uh, and I said, nobody's going anywhere. We're getting it. We're everyone's getting married tonight. <laughs> oh, and, uh, and I Willie Willie Nelson looks confused as fuck. And like security looks confused as fuck. Clown shows like clown shoe priest now peeks around the corner. He's like, what is, who, what is going on? And, uh, and I just like, I'm, I'm, I'm like, getting the couple who was like sitting there because there was some confusion this couple's like well are were we gonna get married no we are we no no and i'm like fucking come on you're getting married come on willie <laughs> willie hit it and willie's looking around he's like and so he starts playing you're always on my mind yeah and uh and i as part of my prop i had a bible with me i just start reading from the bible and just like f- freestyling like right off the dome i'd been sitting there listening to this priest for two hours right so i had a script down like kind of good oh man. you know i was just in the zone and uh and I noticed like, I, well, I shouldn't say I noticed to me, what it felt like is like, holy shit. Like they're, everyone's feeling me. Like I'm doing a great <laughs> job. What it was is like people had really quickly, like halfway through realized like I wasn't supposed to be the dude doing this. Um, but like no one was stopping me either. So like the people who the crowd were loving it, they were like, they were kind of moving up. The security is yeah. moving up also. Cause it's like, we're going to fucking grab them the minute this is over. Um, <laughs> But more people are also pouring in and maybe just because I was being also a little ridiculous. Yeah. But uh, my friends hear my voice like booming over this microphone and they're like, what the fuck <laughs> is going on? They come into the church and see me like up there running this marriage. They see these people down there. Yeah. They start snapping pics. So we actually have photos of the whole thing. And uh, and this couple like afterwards, they're like, that was the best ceremony. Thank you so much. <laughs> and they take their fucking wedding document over. They sign it. They sign, nice. have me sign it as a witness, and uh, and these people walk off married. Uh, I find my friends. Uh, I'm also being uh, like pushed out with by security the minute I sign that document. Yeah. Boom, I'm out of there. <laughs> um, 
but yeah then we go on to see fucking rage against the machine and daft punk and queens of the stone age and oh, Muse. it was just uh i was on i mean after that i was on cloud nine i was also kind of like a mini celebrity around like the festival like people like oh dude it's a fucking it's an acid beast <laughs> <laughs> Uh, they didn't say ass for people like oh, it's the, the boner priest because the costume had a little thing where I could press it and like a boner would uh, right. come up underneath my face. So like, oh, it's the boner priest. It's the dude from the wedding, the boner priest. Uh, so yeah, it was, that's my favorite concert story and experience just because it's so outrageous. Like the whole fact that like, you know, they just, it's Vegas. I guess they're used to weird shit. So they just yeah. let it fly, you know, for <laughs> you know, like this guy, let's see how much stamina this dude has. And I don't think they realized yeah. I'd been listening to this dude for two hours. So it's like, I had his, you know. Yeah. Yeah. You were ready to take over. My entire life. Yes. I was like done. <laughs> I'm going to fucking <laughs> just destroy this fucking scene with, uh, and oh, I should also mention one of the good parts about that story is the dude who, <laughs> who got drunk and hallucinated this right. is wild, but, uh, he he wrote like uh oh it was during the brunch while he was really drunk he wrote something in there called the the gospel according to nation and it was just basically gibberish about the trip and you know but it it sounded actually kind of hot fire so i read that as well as part of their wedding Um, (laughs) i I, I just wanted to mention that because i want to give a shout out to nation he he wrote some hot fire in there Uh, (laughs) and that was probably my favorite part about like their wedding was fucking uh the, the gospel according to nation Jeez, you have to try to get that made into a movie. Yeah, it really should be. I don't know. It should be. Absolutely. It sounds like either that or The Hangover Part 4. Yeah, one of the two it needs to work as. Yeah. So, yeah, just yeah, just one of my favorite experiences. Just a great fucking night. Great that, the, you know, I, the lineup alone could put it up there for, for one of the best yeah. concerts of all, you know, one of the best festivals. It's just outrageous. Um, so, yeah, it was just fantastic. Yeah, the more guests I actually get to speak to on the show, the more I'm getting jealous of America because we actually don't have big concerts like that over here. We like have, we'd have like a two day, maybe three day festival, but it's all pop music. There's never like a mix of artists or, you know, we get a rock band and it's just them playing for one, one night, you know? Yeah, I mean, there's there's getting to be more and more drawbacks to living in the United States and uh, without concerts, you know, it's hard to, it, I think maybe those drawbacks are a little bit more obvious than some of the other nice uh, amenities that come with living here. Yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, that is, I mean, I've, I, my Facebook post today was I fucking miss concerts, you know, real, <laughs> real bad. You know, I was like, God, oh, you damn, I miss yeah, you really yeah. would. So, so yeah, so that was, you know, that was the, the, that's a best concert experience, probably just the overall like experience, the, the lineup. It's, it's hard to beat that one. I, you know, I used, I think we, we picked testify from rage against the machine for, yeah. for them also because, you know, one of the other shows that come to mind was a Lollapalooza show that rot that rage. It was a, it was a year that it was the headliners were rage yeah. um, Radiohead, and nine inch nails, which is another, I mean, just headliners. That's not the other hundred bands that played. Um, <laughs> a hard lineup to be you know it's it really, really is it sounds amazing yeah so rage against the machine and those shows are so uh, um you know the the rage show in chicago had to be stopped five times the one in 2007 at vegas this was right after they played coachella uh for the first time in years and uh and there were like people lighting garbage trash you know trash on fire it's yeah um we got to the we all got to the front front row which is another reason it's probably on the top of my list being front row at a raid show is just like i mean you might it's probably the closest thing to like medieval war that you can imagine <laughs> you know uh, it's fucking wild and i'm not going to pretend like I, I lasted very long it was like 
a, maybe three songs and a half being pressed up against that bar before yeah. I was having a, a you know a security pull me over. Yeah, but, I can um, imagine you'd nearly need a full suit of armor going in. Dude, it's crazy. But you know, I don't know if you've ever been to a show. The other thing that I've never been, I've never been in a show where this happened, where the show right before they start, right, and testifies the song they opened up with in both cases, right, right. They, you know, I, we started probably forty rows back, right. Okay. But by the time the show starts, like they, the press is so strong that you know we're like ten rows back, you know. And then people start yeah. filing over the top so fast. But the thing that I wanted to point out that was just crazy about it was the body heat was so overwhelming that people were taking turns getting up on people's shoulders and pushing up above the crowd. Just saw so they could, could breed. Yeah, because it was so heavy and warm, you couldn't. It was that was something that was wild, and and you know for a second it almost caused panic. I'm like, oh, like yeah, you can't breathe. Um, yeah, it really so, would. I mean, just wild, wild fucking experience. So rage against <laughs> machine testify. Fucking this. If this don't uh, make you feel alive, I don't know what will. Yeah, you definitely don't have a pulse if it doesn't make you uh, at least move. No, no, no. Rage. I mean, they're just one of the greatest bands, I think. And from yeah. uh, you know content, yeah, it's hard. <laughs> they're a hard band. You know, you're not always in the mood to listen to Rage Against the Machine. That's one thing. <laughs> That's I'll, I'll very say that, true. That have a strike against them. It's. You, can't put them on at your two-year-old's birthday party <laughs> um, without some strange looks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but exactly. there are places and times for Rage Against the Machine for sure. Zach De La Roca, I think, is one of the most underrated rappers. You know, as far as if you're going to yeah. talk about people like to put things in their top five, Zach De La Roca, you don't ever hear, and I think he deserves some recognition there. Yeah, yeah, he definitely does. We'll uh, we'll take a listen to testify. So, oh yeah, I've got a couple more uh, favorite concerts too. Oh, great. I'd love to hear him. Just one more, actually. I think uh, I covered Rage uh, twice. Um, we had talked a little bit earlier about the idea that sometimes what makes a, uh, a concert, like the best concert is being able to see someone who gets bigger like early on in their career. Yeah. And uh, there's an artist, Grimes. Grimes, I don't know if people are super familiar with her, but uh, mm-hmm. she became a little bit more mainstream because she's she had a baby with Elon Musk. Um, right, right. The, the like billionaire entrepreneur. So yeah. um, I saw her play at the Empty Bottle here in Chicago, which, you know, now she'll play bigger shows, like maybe the Metro or uh, yeah. probably even something bigger. I, I imagine she could even play probably the United Center. But uh, first of all, the Empty Bottle is my favorite venue in Chicago. If there's listeners, you make it to Chicago for any reason and, uh, and you want to catch a show, go catch it at the empty bottle a lot of history small it's like one of those places where you'll be really likely to just order a beer next to like the singer of the headlining bar or the headlining band <laughs> right. um, yeah it's just, just like really one of those small intimate. places the green room is really shitty so a lot of yeah a lot of the bands will hang out at the bar watch the other bands play yeah um like i said the, the history is awesome and uh i mean the sound it, it's a small shitty dive bar, but the sound's not bad. Uh, so getting to see Grimes play there was, uh, was really, really cool. And it was like one of those things where I kind of knew um, at the moment that what I was seeing, I was like, I think she's going to get a little bigger. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of time. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to think of anyone like bigger than her that I saw really like as that early on. And if I saw them, it was probably like I was unaware of who they were at the time, you know. So I can't yeah, really play. I getcha. But it was like, oh, I think she's got like this girl. There's something to her. I really, really enjoy her. So I was like, I was good about taking some video. Like, and um, funny enough, we just 
pulled one of my wife's laptops and I, we were cleaning it before we were going to recycle it. And I found the video from that show. Oh, um, cool. And it's just, I'm like, holy fuck. Like, thank God that we did. You know, I, I went and found this. Yeah. It's just, uh, you know, to me, that's priceless. You know, it's, you it know, really I, is. I talk about how much this, con- this poster uh, costs and, um, you know, that's something you can take from a show and hold and have forever. Right. Okay. Yeah. But uh, we knock people, at least I say we, like you and I do this, but I think a lot of people knock uh, individuals for taking videos through concerts. Um, yeah. You know, yeah, you don't yeah, want to experience the whole thing through the phone, No, but, you know, take a 30 seconds here and there is not going to hurt you. You know, exactly. Exactly. A little memento for yourself. It's really worth it. Yeah. I mean, 15 seconds put it away and then enjoy the concert have it uh yeah but yeah the, so blind so so grimes that was one of those experiences where i was just uh it's just like a, a very fun thing you felt like you're 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 in on something um and uh and so, so that was another one that was really high up there and uh and then the other one that i'll mention really fast just you're not gonna be able to get this guy on on spotify but there's a dj named girl talk who does mashups okay and one of the most iconic uh he does the uh, most iconic venues here in, in the United States is, is a place called Red Rocks. It's in Colorado. Okay. And uh, so it's just like, if you play Red Rocks, that's, that's huge. Right. That's like one of those things. Yeah. A lot of artists, big artists will say, Oh, highlight of my career playing Red Rocks, you know, yeah, just that venue is awesome. So we saw, we saw girl talk there and his, his shtick, his gimmick is he let some of his fans come up on stage and oh, we had cool. been up on stage for, you know, on, on a bunch of his shows. So we were on yeah. stage at Red Rocks, um, which is something, some, a lot of big artists can't say, but just <laughs> this nobody chubby dude from Chicago was on stage at Red Rocks. So um, that was another one that probably, probably ranks really, really highly. Uh, yeah, I'm not on surprised. Like concert experiences. Yeah. Sounds pretty cool. You really do have a lot of uh, a lot of great experiences. Yeah, you know, well, I'm, as I said, I'm almost forty now. I've been going to concerts since I'm sixteen, and um, you know, probably since I was in the in my twenties, like concerts were the like that that was my thing. You know, like yeah, I want to. That's what I want. If you're if I was going to go out and go to a bar and drink, like why not go to a bar and drink with live music? You know, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Like, that's it. You, yeah, so it was like, and, and you live in a city like Chicago where there's so many venues. Yeah, um, it you have doesn't always make something to choose from. Sense, yeah, yeah. It's it, it's not like they're slim picking. So, um, so yeah, I mean, it's it's a lot better than some dude playing like thirteen three eleven songs in a row in a jukebox, right? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I completely get you. Nothing against three eleven. I'm just saying that. You know, sometimes that can happen. You're like, fucking again with the fucking 311? <laughs> That's how bar fights happen. That's how people get True. stabbed. That's how people get shot. Yeah. Well, uh, if I ever visit Chicago, I'll remember never to do that. So, <laughs> well, yeah. Well, if you ever visit Chicago, make sure to look me up. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll touch it proper and we'll make sure we get you to, to the right music venues. I mean, it's, Perfect. it's not hard to figure it out which ones they are, but, um, but yeah, it's, it's nice to have a host or, or a guide. It definitely is someone that knows their way around. <laughs> That's so, right. Yeah. At least knows how to get in, get back in if you get kicked out. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, we'll, uh, we'll move on to the slightly more personal questions now. So, yeah. So which artist living or dead would you like to see in concert if you had the chance? 
Yeah, I mean, this goes back. I I, I talked about uh, this artist earlier, and it was just being a being poor and growing up. Concerts weren't necessarily, and I don't know. Maybe seventh. There's not a lot of seventh graders in general that are going to concerts. Maybe that's something that's changed because, um, you know, I never. I, I was 16 before I went, but yeah. uh, Kurt Cobain. I wanted. To, I was into Nirvana, huge, and uh, I think that. You know, I was kind of going back and forth with Tupac or Nirvana, Tupac or Nirvana. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about Tupac later, but just, you know, and this is nothing again. I love hip hop. I love it. You know, yeah, yeah. So much, a lot more than most people. But a lot of times it doesn't um, play as well live as like rock, you know. Yeah, or, you know. I completely understand that. So for me, when it came down with the splitting hairs between, okay, they, we have these two iconic artists for me who played such a huge role. I, they died both before I got a chance to, to go see him in concert. Yeah. Um, it, it pushed come to shove. I, I picked Nirvana because I thought sonically that that might be the better experience. Yeah, I completely agree. I'd, uh, I'd pick them myself. Funny little side fact, the day that he actually died, he was due to play a concert in Dublin, in Ireland. Really? Was yeah. that April 7th? April I think it was April 8th, 7th or 8th, is it? April 5th, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, that night that, he was due to play. Wild. There's still people around here that have the tickets and they sell <sighs> for a fortune on eBay. I was going to say, that's a, one of those collectibles that Yeah, I'd love actually love to have on. one. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. When I went to Seattle, uh, when I visited Seattle, the, the number one thing on my list of tourist things to do was to go there's a little park right next to his house where where he killed himself yeah and, with the uh, bench that's become like where people go and, yep yep so i yeah. went to the bench and uh did all that yep oh, sure cool. did cool. so yeah nirvana uh that that that'd be the one for me 100 percent. this this band uh i this was a period like i said like i was listening to mostly hip-hop uh for the, you know I, I should you know uh, mostly mostly hip-hop and uh nirvana was the one band outside of you know maybe a few other exceptions that that was that i was really playing on a regular basis yeah. not just uh not just never mind i was i was listening you know listening to bleach the yeah. unplugged album was right around then um so i was just like obsessed with them i was you know when i write notes in class i would sign my notes the other blonde one because <laughs> that's how kurt cobain signed his notes yeah that's how yeah. obsessed i was <laughs> jeez um so which song yeah. would you would you like to pick by the great nirvana so i picked I picked Drain You. Um, Drain You is a song I picked. Um, th- it, again, a real hard one, but I just really enjoy this one. I think it's uh, maybe not what most people would uh, have a connotation of when they think of Nirvana, but I yeah. also think maybe this is one that plays better with the masses. If you're it, it, as a gateway drug into Nirvana, if you're yeah. not a huge Nirvana fan, you listen to this. It's a little more catchy, a little more poppy. It reminds yeah. me of like 1960s pop surfer. Yeah, actually, now that you mention it, it does. It does. It's a great choice. We'll take a listen. So that's a that's another great choice. You're uh, a really I'm really digging your song choices on the episode tonight. There's some good ones. I'm glad. I, I, you know, I was looking at the songs that I picked, and I was like, again, it's not the most cohesive playlist, but I do think standalone each song is is really great on its own. Yeah, yeah, they are. So uh, if you, this is a weird question now, but if you had to be locked in a room with any artist again living or dead for 24 hours who would it be so this is where i felt a little bit better about picking nirvana earlier because it allowed me to pick tupac for this one okay. um, to me he was just 
I, I enjoyed not only did I enjoy his music, but I just found him such a charismatic person. That was part of what drew, drew me yeah. to him, like a real fucking poet. Um, you know, he was it was a mix of like poetry and also he was, you know, there's a lot of you know, hip hop artists that when you listen to the music and what they're saying, and then you look the actions and the words don't necessarily line up. Maybe they're not as yeah. genuine, but he was one that seemed to really live what he preached. Um, yeah. It was a wild, just a wild thing <laughs> to be so uh, connected to someone so different from me at that age, you know, um, probably weird for my parents to watch. And um, <laughs> <laughs> what is this kid doing? But yeah, I mean, Tupac was the dude for me. It was, I mean, I have a English teacher from freshman year who I've now, my freshman year of high school that I'm now friends with. Um, yeah. And he still remembers. He's like, dude, you remember everything, every single thing you wrote was about Tupac. That was the year he died, 1996, yeah. 97. So he's like, everything you wrote was about Tupac. Do you still listen? To- <laughs> that was the first thing when we, when we reconnected on Facebook, do you still listen to Tupac? I, like, <laughs> I mean, not as much as I did back then, but yeah, I do. So yeah. he would, I would just, it would just be, I'd find him. I think he was a smarter dude than probably a lot of people give him credit for. And uh, yeah, he I, really I, was. He, um, you could really tell a bright light. Yeah, yeah. Even over here when I was growing up and rap wouldn't have been as mainstream or as big, you know, most people were either into pop or rock, but so I wouldn't have been exposed to many rappers, but I did know of Tupac, obviously, and he's one that I would have, you know, I'd listen to and I could actually appreciate how good he was. Even my dad, who was not a big rap guy, he, uh, he, he threw a, he threw a Tupac at, tape of mine out the window while we were driving and i was like what'd really? you do, Why'd you do? <laughs> like i thought you liked tupac he's like i do like tupac the problem is now when i close my eyes and i drift off to sleep i hear tupac in my head <laughs> too much tupac and i was like oh okay word up so yeah no tupac's fucking great man if, yeah. i mean i would if anyone needs a, a again we're talking about gateway drugs uh as far as um you know drain you as a good gateway drug into nirvana tupac great gateway drug into hip-hop yeah yeah so which tupac song would you like to like to play i picked i get around and again this was like just uh, you know uh, the the chronic was the first album i ever bought uh the next album i remember buying was uh tupac strictly um and and it was with my grand my yaya my grandma she took me out christmas shopping and uh you know she looked at the at the full title of the album which is uh more explicit than I'm willing to go on uh, <laughs> and say, but, uh, but, you know, you know, my, she, my, my eye has now passed. Uh, she mm. was very special to me. Um, that album, I think is another one that's like, you know, beginning to end. I wore it out. That's the one my dad threw out the window as I get around has a bunch of other of his like bigger hits. Holler. If you hear me is one of, I think the most underrated Tupac songs. I, I was really close to picking it for this. Um, yeah. but, um, but no, I, I ended up going with I, I Get Around. It's It was the song that, for me, uh, started my infatuation with Tupac. Oh, perfect. And perfect. to this day, I can go word for word on the song. Really? It's a, the one Tupac song. If someone was like, I'm going to put it on, you have to rap every single fucking word to it. It's, yeah. it's the one I would do. <laughs> we'll, uh, yeah. we'll take a listen. So, Spin it, DJ. Right. So this brings us to the final question of the episode. Yes. If you could pick any song that would appear on the soundtrack to your life, which would it be? Again, this is such a hard fucking question. I mean, I'm here. I, I don't lot. think. Yeah, I mean, it's so hard. Uh, you have to. Everyone's going to judge me by this one song. Um, 
you know, you start to let it creep in your mind. Like, the, you know, some of the, some of the songs that I was considering modern love by David Bowie. Yeah. Um, I was considering um, what other songs was, Oh, a talking head song. Um, maybe road to nowhere or, uh, or uh, this must be the place. Um, yeah. I eventually, you know, and I thought I was like, you know, I'm going to, what I should do is I should pick a, a song by my favorite band. My favorite band is arcade fire. Um, I haven't talked about them quite yet. And, um, and then I was thinking, you know, well, which arcade fire song do I pick? And um, I was going to try to work them in, like force them into another category, just so I didn't have to pick just one arcade fire song. <laughs> nice. um, but I think, you know, push come to shove, I, you know, this is one that I think there's always, I always have time for the song. I always have an appetite for the song. I don't necessarily have to be in the right place of mind, uh, but it's the, the song Rebellion, uh, otherwise known as Lies. Um, nice. Just a great anthem. It's to me what Arcade Fire is about. A bunch of different instruments, weird stuff going on in the background, weird yeah. vocal stuff, tons of people on, you know, what you can, what's, you can, it sounds like what it is, which is a bunch of people on stage doing weird stuff sometimes. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's, uh, I, to me, the song that I, that I think, uh, for most people, again, a, a great gateway drug. Uh, if I was going to pick my favorite Arcade Fire song, I don't know if this would be it, but I think if I had to play one Arcade Fire song at a party, uh, to try to get other people to like that band, this might be it. Right. Good choice. So we'll take a listen. Perfect choice for the final song of the interview, I must say. Awesome. Thank you, Brian. Uh, and again, yeah, it's a good uh, high energy great harmonics you know for me it's uh, i tend to not get drawn to maybe lyrics so much as like melody yeah. and harmony so um you know I, I i do happen to know i've listened and played this song before so i know that i've had to learn the lyrics to it so um i actually do know what it's about but um a lot of the other ones i, I it's other songs on my list um you know you could be like well, what is this song actually about i wouldn't be able to tell you. <laughs> but i could i could kind of sing it with the syllables i could sing it uh with the right kind of syllable sounds uh yeah. but not maybe not necessarily the right words yeah i getcha i getcha yeah so uh i have to say it's uh, definitely been one of my most interesting episodes to date <laughs> a lot of great stories in there i appreciate it brian uh this has been a lot of fun uh, not being able to go to live music uh and see it it's fun to talk about it Exactly. Um, That's what the show is all about. Just uh, reminiscing and bringing back them oh. good memories. I'll tell you what, though, that that first concert I go to, I might not remember. I'm, <laughs> I might just be so lubed up that I'm just black out again. Yeah. Go back yeah. to my 20s. <laughs> I think we all need to do that when we're finally allowed to go to concerts. Yes, sir. Oh, my God. And like I said, I don't even care what it is. I'll listen to anything. You can yeah. put anything in front of me. Chamber music, Creed, <laughs> Nickelback, whatever. I'll listen anything to it. as long as it's live. Exactly. Oh, God. It's going to be great. It's going to be a great moment when it happens. I, yeah. I, I'm genuinely really excited for that, that moment when you turn around, you know, like every now and then you get yeah. caught up in a moment. You're just like, I just got, I like, I just have to see you with the crowd. I have to experience like what they're seeing. I want to, yeah, exactly. and you're like, oh, this is awesome. And uh, so, yeah, those, that's going to be a really cool moment. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Probably a lot of awkward hugs. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of long eye contact. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, for sure. That'll be a, an awkward experience, but you'd, uh, you'd it'd be a happy trade-off if it means you'd get to be at a live gig. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that sounds great. So thanks a million for coming on. I've really enjoyed it. Brian, 
it was a, it, the pleasure was all mine. I really uh, we'll have to we'll have to repay you and get you on new dad or uh, no problem at all. Ecot Acid or TMC podcasts, whichever yeah. you prefer. I'd be more than happy. I'd be more than awesome. happy. Right. Awesome. Well, um, I'll send you an email. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, this one should be out in two weeks' time. Beautiful. So, so then, by then, everyone should be able to go find uh, the the TKOK podcast network. Um, that's the Tom and Kate's OK podcast network. And uh, perfect. We, like I said, we're starting to uh, launch on a few shows. Pot, you know, uh, Pop Moms and New Dad will be the the foundation pieces, the cornerstones of the of the network. But uh, we're going to be announcing a lot of new shows and um, about a lot of different topics. So uh, come check us out. No problem. Right. Well, uh, have a good day. You too. You too, my man. I'll talk to you again soon. Yes. Thanks for having me. And no uh, problem. Stay safe, everybody. Hey. Hey, what are you guys still doing there? The show is over. It's over. You can go home. Go on. We'll see you next time. We'll be here.